This is Tales, Tunes, and Toutons, a podcast about stories and songs from Newfoundland and Labrador. We occasionally eat Toutons, our favorite food group. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jen. Welcome to episode Lucky 13. Lucky 13. And today is February 13. Yep. Coming at you independently from our own homes because our COVID numbers are... Our COVID numbers are out of control, so doing the safe thing and recording by distance. Mm-hmm. I should have actually. I'm allowed to, because um, I live on my own. I'm allowed to like bubble up with a household, but I bubbled up with my friend Andrea. But oh, I should have bubbled up with you. <laughs> but I had a, Never a dull moment over here, right? <laughs> your kids for you, and but we hope everyone is staying safe and yes. You could you could have used our treadmill. Oh, your new one. <laughs> you can still come over. We can just leave the basement door unlocked for you, and you can go in there and <laughs> sweat all over the place and leave again. Can I can I take a dip in the hot tub? Yep, outdoors. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll we Andrea, I was offering to trade up her for. There you go. Shh, don't say her name. <laughs> um so we coordinated our episode Mm -hmm. intentionally to tie into tomorrow's special holiday which is valentine's Valentine's. (laughs) frankie Frankie makes his weekly appearance hello frank he sam just took him outside so he's like rambunctious and crazy, but he'll chill out. Okay, carrying on. I think everybody's used to his background noise by now. <laughs> so we are going to share with you the story of the Ocean Ranger. Mm-hmm. And very fitting because tomorrow is the anniversary of, um, what would you call that? Anniversary of, it, anniversary of the disaster. Yeah, yeah. So um, first I will start with the story and then Jen will follow with the song. I got a lot of my information from uh, heritage.nf.ca. There were many CBC articles about this as well as our favorite Wikipedia. Wiki wiki. (laughs) So the Ocean Ranger was a semi-submersible mobile offshore drilling unit. It was constructed for, and I'm going to just wing it on these pronunciations, Odeco in 1979 by Mitsubishi Heavy Industries in Hiroshima, Japan. The Ocean Ranger was 396 feet long, 262 feet wide. And just to put that in perspective, a standard ice rink is 200 feet by 85 feet. So it's almost the same size as two ice surfaces side by side. Mm. And then as far as how deep it went, if you took that ice rink and turned it on its side long ways that's how deep it went into the ocean very good analogy there you go visual so and i'm like waving my hands at jen in the camera (laughs) (laughs) so the ocean ranger was designed and owned by ocean drillings and exploration company inc which is which is what odeco stands for of new orleans and it was the largest rig of its kind when it was launched The normal crew complement was around 80 to 85 people, although it could carry up to 100, and most of the men would be involved in drilling operations. The vessel was approved for unrestricted ocean operations, 
and designed to withstand extremely harsh sea conditions. Uh, prior to moving to the Grand Banks area in November of 1980, it had operated off the coasts of Alaska, New Jersey, and Ireland. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. I knew nothing about this. And I know very little about the oil rig industry, you know? Um, I was going to say this too, like, uh, you know how some rigs look like an actual boat? Some look like a platform with like a Christmas tree in the middle. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah, so this is the flat one. And the other kind would be like one that looks more like a boat shape. So the search for oil off the east coast of Canada started in the 1960s. And although they were testing everywhere, there was a concentration, sorry, a concentrated search happening in the Grand Banks. And in 1979, oil was found in that field. The next step would be to figure out the exact size of this field. So the ocean ranger's job was to drill, and I'm air quoting to Jen, (laughs) delineation wells to map the Hibernia field starting in winter of 1982. So they were drilling like further and further away to see, are we still hitting oil? Are we still hitting oil? And then once they stop, then they come back in one and then they continue on in a different direction just to like match the perimeter or map the perimeter, I should say. So this whole story starts on Valentine's Day in 1982. There were 84 people on board, and of that total, 56 were from Newfoundland and Labrador. That morning, they received a weather report alerting them of a strong winter storm on the horizon, but the rig was able to drill all day long. So just before supper, the Ocean Ranger disconnected from its drill pipe and prepared to ride out the storm. The storm was in full swing by 7 p.m. when two other rigs in the area, the Sedco 709 and, again, my pronunciations, the Zapata Ugland reported being hit by an unusually large wave, which did some slight damage to the Sedco 706. The Ocean Ranger confirmed to the other rigs just after 9 p.m. that a port light, which means window, had been broken in a control room, but it had been cleaned up and didn't appear to be anything serious. So up until 11.30 p.m. on Valentine's Day, there was no real sign of trouble. Around 1 a.m. on Monday morning, however, the Ocean Ranger contacted the shore to report that the rig was listing, which means like just tipping to one side or leaning a little bit. Nearby, there was a supply vessel that had been waiting on standby in case of emergency, and shortly after the report of listing, the Ocean Ranger called for that vessel to move closer. By 1.10 a.m., the Ocean Ranger was sending out mayday calls. The final message received from the Ocean Ranger was at 1.30 a.m. when the radio operator advised that the crew were heading to lifeboat stations. So... Uh, This had really turned into an emergency situation by now. The two nearby rigs dispatched their standby vessels, but because of the severity of the storm, it was very difficult for them to get close. One of the vessels spotted flares from a lifeboat at 2.21 a.m. and headed towards it. This is so sad. The lifeboat was damaged, but there were men aboard. The support vessel was the Seaforth Highlander, and it was able to get a line attached to that lifeboat. And the first mate on board even came within feet of grabbing one of the men, but the waves were so strong that the line snapped and capsized the boat. Ultimately, the Seaforth Highlander was unable to rescue a single man. 
Oh, they were so, I didn't know that they had been so close. I know, me neither. It's crazy. <laughs> so the, the supply ship, the, again, <laughs> the Boltonor. Sounds spot- very convincing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the supply ship spotted the Ocean Ranger at 2.45 a.m., and it was still afloat then. Uh, she was listing heavily, and waves were breaking over the deck. There was no sign of any people aboard, and the lifeboats were gone. Shortly afterwards, the ships in the area lost radar contact with the Ocean Ranger, and it finally capsized and sank. Yeah. Although the search and rescue efforts continued throughout the night and the following days, there were no survivors. Two empty lifeboats and several life rafts were found, along with debris such as life jackets and broken bits of foam. The lifeboat that the Seaforth Highlander had tried to rescue was was spotted days later um, by a supply ship. The supply ship's crew, this is another supply ship, um, this supply ship's crew could see bodies inside but were, but were um, also unable to recover it. The lifeboat floated away and was never found again. In the following days, ships in the area picked up 22 bodies. Uh, All of those recovered had died from drowning and hypothermia. Thermia. That didn't, yeah, hypothermia. Uh, So I'm going to go to the, specifically the CBC article that I found, which was really interesting. Um, It was about, it was an interview with this guy, Lloyd Major, And he was a medic and a radio operator. And it was really interesting. Basically, everything on the oil fields of Newfoundland is confidential. So he explained how he was given an exception to bring a camera on board. Um, Anyone else would have just been fired on the spot. and On the Ocean Ranger? Yep, yep. Or like on a rig in general. Uh, But because of his role, I'm not sure, he was allowed, he was permitted to bring his camera on deck. So he... He took pictures, and this was on his rotation, his last rotation. Uh, He took pictures of his friends and just documented his rotation aboard the rig. And in the end, it was his photos that led to the identifying of those bodies. Uh, Lloyd Major donated his photos to the rooms, and they created a really beautiful display to honor those lost at sea. And they are some of the only photos that existed of the life of the crew members on board of the Ocean Range. Do you know how long uh, his rotation was before February? It might have said, I'd have to go back and look in the article. It might have said, but he had just come off and he had pictures of, um, there were there were pictures in the article and there were actually pictures of the guy who, uh, I don't know what the word would be called, but like his replacement, they share the oh. same job. So the guy who replaced him, he had pictures of him Um and it was his rotation off and, and this other guy was on the ship and was lost. Wow. The Ocean Ranger Families Foundation was formed to help the families of the men who had died. The foundation offered financial support and counseling and attended the subsequent hearings and inquiries of the families be- on the family's behalf. The foundation later became more involved in pushing for increased safety regulations in the offshore oil industry. There was an official inquiry into the loss of the Ocean Ranger set up by the Royal Commission, uh, not only because it sank, but because many men had, like I said, managed to escape onto the life rafts, but still perished. 
Uh, this lasted two years, and in the end, there were a number of factors that they determined led to the disaster. It was a combination of flaws in the plans and construction, as well as a number of safety concerns. They believed that the crew members were not adequately, adequately trained to survive, nor was their safety equipment sufficient. However, because of this tragedy, there were many changes made to the oil industry going forward, better safety procedures, improvements in safety equipment, as well as the improvements made to the construction of such drilling units. Yeah, I had, I had known that, that out of this disaster. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that's a common know, thread it, in it so really many. changed the, the industry and yeah, I mean, it, you know, I guess if there's one, I shouldn't say there's not one positive from the from the it's a silver lining yeah that's the right word like yeah I know I know that word kept coming back to me too it's the same it's so so sad but it's the silver lining for those of the future afterwards so three years after the loss of the ocean ranger there was a memorial unveiled next to the confederation building and it still stands there today so Jen you and I'll have to go there and um, pay our respects Mm -hmm. the sculpture was created by artist a Stuart Montgomery And uh, while it's a beautiful yet sad reminder of those lives who were lost at sea, it also serves as a place of comfort for those who lost their loved ones whose bodies were never recovered. So one last quote from the article on the Heritage website, The Loss of the Ocean Ranger. Oil may promise to bring a degree of prosperity to Newfoundland and Labrador in the coming decades, but it's an industry that comes with a cost. And the other thing I wanted to say too, you said something really beautiful about... um, the juxtaposition of the sea. And it was something along the lines of like, the sea gives life, but it also takes it away. And this just, that that line was yeah. resonating with me when I was reading all this stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so that's as, as, a, as an island, I feel like, you know, that's part of who we are and our people, how they make their, their livings. Yep. Whether it's fishing or. Yeah, those are the risks out. involved. Yeah, the risks are high, but. That's the livelihoods that are so common in a place like this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the story of the events of the Ocean Ranger that um, took place how many years ago? Tomorrow, 1982. Well, 19. No, oh my God, 40, no, 49. I'm 37 and I was born in 1983. So, yeah. 38, 39. 30 nine years yeah yeah and like I feel like for us similar to like when the rest of Canada celebrates Canada Day uh here in Newfoundland Labrador uh we are I don't know if it's like an unwritten thing but we almost don't celebrate Canada Day until noon because um it's a time where we pay tribute to um soldiers that we lost in the war of Beaumont Hamill similar on Valentine's Day all like all my social media or what people end up talking about around Valentine's Day uh, is the anniversary of the, the sinking of the Ocean Ranger. Yeah, yeah. It's like take some time to acknowledge yeah. that and um, and pay respects to it, and then celebrate Valentine's. Yeah. Then eat your yeah. chocolate. <laughs> I already ate uh, chocolate I bought for people, so I'm eating chocolate out of control now because we're locked down. <laughs> um. Okay, so to kind of partner with Sarah's um, telling of the Ocean Ranger, and I feel like a lot of people uh, in our province probably know know about the Ocean Ranger, and so if you have any like personal stories or uh, connections, yeah, we'd love to mm-hmm. hear. That. 
Uh, so I actually have two songs, two ones that I love. Uh, the first one, um, I think is probably, it's popular, but I'm probably not as popular as the second one that I have. Um, Cause I don't think Sarah had heard when I told her what songs I was doing. I don't think she had heard uh, the first <laughs> one. So no. the first song is called Your Last Goodbye uh, by Bruce Moss. And I remember hearing this first in high school and just someone in my high school singing it around Valentine's Day. And like, I don't know if it was part of a history class or it was just something that was in my music class. But um, so this is a song by Bruce Moss. And um, the story around this is that he wrote it um, early one morning in a hotel while he was on a tour four days after the Ocean Ranger, uh, the tragic loss of the Ocean Ranger. So this was, you know, kind of directly after it. I had yeah. read on some, some website called disastersongs.ca. What a horrible title for wow. <laughs> That he the had a friend who said it more into <laughs> website. Right? That yep. he had a friend who was on the Ocean Ranger. But I'm not sure, like, yeah. I couldn't find a second reference anywhere. So mm -hmm. if someone knows that, I'd love to know. Um, and you can hear uh, actually Bruce singing this, like, on YouTube. So we'll definitely share that. Um, and Bruce is from, I'm talking Bruce like he's my best friend. Bruce um, was born in Grand Falls. Okay. Uh, and was a professional uh worked as a professional Christian songwriter and musician. And so this is like such a, such a beautiful song. So here's a little bit of it. Where the seagull soars and the mighty ocean roars, where the wind from the north blows so frantic. On the banks of Newfoundland, the oil rigs stand in search of crude from the cold northwest Atlantic. She's the finest in the land, designed and built by man to withstand all that nature has to offer. And the Ocean Ranger's crew, numbered 84 men true, to their homes and their sons, wives and daughters. Look away to the west, there's a storm upon the wind, bringing rain, snow, and sea four stories high. Look away to the west, will you see your homes again? Or is this the time to say your last goodbye? Your last goodbye. Okay, so the song goes on to, to um, talk about there's trouble from within, just as you said in your story, the rig is listing, um, the crew is ordered to abandon. It says here, but the hurricane's too strong. Do you know if it was a hurricane that was the... 
There was, yeah, they were alerted that there was like bad weather coming. Um, and apparently there was a huge wave that was like the first signs that right. there was something bad. Yeah. So yeah, when the morning comes, she's gone. Not a soul survived to tell us what had happened. It's, I love this song. So, so sad. But such a, like, I feel like that's how I first learned about the Ocean Ranger was hearing someone sing it and okay. music has that special way. So mm -hmm. my second song, um, I feel like everyone in the province knows is Atlantic Blue by Ron Hines. Also from Disaster Song Saucier. <laughs> so full disclosure, I didn't know the, I didn't know Atlantic Blue until we sang it in choir. Oh, okay. I knew of it, but I didn't know the words. I didn't know, like, you know. Right, right, right. Didn't hum it before we learned it. Yeah. I think it's my favorite Ron Hines song for sure. Well, now, me too. I agree. But, like, yeah, I, it's only, I've, it's only been like five years since I learned the lyrics. Show. We learned a lot of, I will, well, I'll speak for myself, but I have learned a lot about the history of our province through singing songs. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Um, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is, uh, yeah, what I read on DisasterSong.ca. <laughs> Hopefully it's a legitimate site. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, you fit, I mean, it's accurate so far. <laughs> um, people thought that Ron would write uh, something about the Ocean Ranger after it happened. Um, but he found it too difficult to write about. Wow. Um, and it was six years later that he started writing a song and uh, this website said he was looking out over the Narrows in the St. John's Harbor. And uh, he released in 1993 an album of his, Atlantic Blue. So it was many years after wow. yeah. 1993 when he released uh, Atlantic Blue and considered it one of his most important uh, pieces of music. Mm -hmm. It is like my favorite poetry. Mm -hmm. I'll have the score on my computer here. You can hear my click, click, click. <laughs> Um, so I'll just sing a tiny bit of it, and then I'll tell you um, my favorite kind of poetry from it. What colors a heartache from a love lost at sea? What shade of memory never fades? But lingers to eternity. How dark is the light of day? These sleepless eyes of mine survey. Is that you, Atlantic Blue? as cold as you okay that was ron hines atlantic blue my Very favorite the song goes on it's like the most beautiful poetry um in the next verse um how is one heart chosen to never lie at peace how many moments remain is there not one of sweet release this is my favorite um kind of section of the music because i think it's uh so 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 tragic and knock on wood the you know 
you never have to experience this in your life, but who's the stranger at my door to haunt my dreams forevermore? So for people who lost loved ones, uh, you know, someone's coming to their house to tell them what had happened and that person, you know, to haunt my dreams forevermore. Is that you, Atlantic Blue? Mm. It's as cold as you. Mm. It's so, so beautiful. And I can see why it would have taken him a long time to feel Come back to about it. it. Yeah, to be able to separate and, yeah. Yeah, and then a little later, um, this is the, the whole, like, you know, connection to Valentine's. Whose wish never fails to find my vacant heart on Valentine's? So, like... For people who lost loved ones, like Valentine's Day is definitely yep. a hard, hard day. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Those special occasions are definitely much tougher. Yeah. So some beautiful songs, you know. Yeah. Just about I, history. Yeah. I um there were like there was I could have added so much more because there were some really interesting like facts. I just want to tell you one really quick because it was like, I don't know. Uh they so there was another ship that sank in the area really close to the time when it happened. And I don't know, I think like in the same time. Uh, no, but like within the week, okay. There was another ship that sank and it was like, again, I don't remember, but it was like a ship from like international crew members. It wasn't a local crew. Um, and the reason why they could tell who, had been on that ship as opposed to the ocean ranger was that one of the rules when you go on a, a rig like that is that you have to have a clean shaven face. So all the bodies of the crew members of the other one had, had big beards because oh. they were like out to sea for so long. So they had grown beards and that's how they knew that they weren't part of the crew from the ocean ranger that they couldn't find. Oh. Yeah. Little things like that, that yeah. Just so they interesting. Have the same, like, yeah. Yeah, protocols and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Anyways, that's our somber podcast for today. <laughs> yeah, by distance. But think about the Ocean Ranger. Every Absolutely. Day. Take a moment to like pay respects to, to those lost and then have a wonderful Valentine's mm-hmm. with your family, loved ones, friends, whoever you're bubbling with because that's all we got now. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So I hope that this came across. Okay. Virtually. Um, It's so weird. I know, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like you can't, like I couldn't react like I normally do to your. Yeah. Like I was reading, but I couldn't look at your face at the same time. (laughs) Sometimes I'd hit you, you know, like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's how we'll do it now. And then there's some like upsides to this too, because this is so easy. If we know yeah. our episode is going to be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, we can just hop on and not have to waste time driving to or from or whatever. Yeah. But I do miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you too. It's only been two days. So, but. <laughs> so okay. we'll come, we'll keep, we'll keep the weekly recordings coming and You'll hear from us again next week. Now we can wave at our cameras and not our microphones. Wave to each other. I'm going to take a picture and we'll post it. Hold oh on. Oh gosh, now. Sarah, my hair. It's wet. Like, that's okay. All right, I'll post that. And then we'll put up our episode and we'll, you'll hear from us next week. Yeah, happy Valentine's. 
Happy Valentine's. Bye. Bye.